0: Good evening once more, my uh, lovely listeners, and welcome to another season. It's winter in Minnesota, but on the bright side, we are getting to the end of 2020. Yay! (laughs) Mm, This year has sucked, hasn't it? Okay, so uh, one of the rules of this podcast that i have practiced so far has been that i have not recorded anything and edited i have not cut any one of the recordings that you guys have listened to i have not primed and primed it unless it was some random mistake and i hope to continue doing that because again fierce living is about authentically telling you guys my truth you know the way that comes to me the day that it comes to me that I'm sharing I don't want it to be one of those uh well edited journalism pieces I don't think that's what this is I think this is just you know me sharing my story really but um lately I have been on this whole topic of um resilience right I have been so honored that okay You know how I like to start telling a story and then I remember a story inside of a story and then I go and do that and come and continue? Well, we're about to do that. So, um, as all of you know by now, I'm in the service. I'm uh, in the Minnesota Air National Guard. Specifically, I'm in an airlift wing. And we like to think of ourselves, by we, I mean, like, mostly our flyers. Like to think of um, ourselves or themselves as... Superhumans. I mean, the things that they do. They are pretty awesome. You know, having to fly out and evacuate people from places. It's just, it's wonderful. I have been on a flight line. I've been honored to see, like, some of these people that get brought back. I mean, I've seen, you know, soldiers, United States Air Force soldiers, bring back, like, NICU babies. Like, um, I don't know. Just, it's amazing. It's amazing to see that actually happen—that you get someone who is ill, hopeless, you know, too small, whatever—and somehow they find themselves in U.S. source. They're home. They're with family. They are, you know, they can be taken care of by their family. They can have whatever care that they desire around here that the U.S. can afford. But they're home, right? And you are a part of that. To do that kind of a job you know it's important so you know that you were chosen when you do that kind of a job and you also know that you need to stay resilient to continue to do that kind of a job and so with everything that has been happening um you know 2020 has been amazing you know starting with the pandemic and then we had um here in Minneapolis St. Paul we had uh the, the ruthless murder of George Floyd on camera. I haven't talked about this since it happened. Um, not on this podcast anyways. Just because it's, it's... I don't know. I think, you know, sometimes politics takes away from really the soul of certain things that we need to explore right and so when people take something so passionate and make it so political and start to sightline others instead I don't know I just don't know how to mesh well with that but um here we are you know it's 2020 we've had that happen when that happened um the air national guard since I joined the air national guard in um 2017 was it i say it like it was 30 years ago but since i joined i have not been randomly mobilized really i mean we are told we're trained to be ready for that but this was this was different it's like you know you get called into state active duty and then you are supposed to go out and stop uh, uh, you know a protest an active protest That's not even the problem. The problem is that the people on the other side of the people you're supposed to go and stop, those are your friends, those are your brothers, those are your sisters, you're in your city, you know, minus all the detractors, minus all the the people who just wanted to, again, use that for political gain or for, um, you know, just to loot and just to distract from what's really at hand. Really, it's you're in your city. And something like this happens and you're mobilized no matter what side you stand on. When you step outside, you're making several more decisions that you you would make if you were just, say, deployed, you know, to another location to take care of things. So we went through that. And because our unit is so blessed, I mean, I know I'm blessed. We come back and we're going through this... um, resiliency training and we were so it's i say we're so blessed because it's the whole package was great we got to go through it as a unit we got to do some training on it we listened to this amazing ted talks we talked to um some navy seals who were happy to stop by and give us some of their um their their tips you know on resilience i mean literally the best in the service Navy SEALs for whoever knows who they are they're like I don't know what I can say that's really great again since I don't edit this I try not to say everything that comes to my mind because it could be used against me so just imagine they're awesome they're just awesome make it through that training I respect you I don't care if that's the last thing you do just survive your Navy SEAL training you know and actually, be done with it. I respect you highly. So, um, to get some uh, uh, CEOs to come and talk to us, it was it was pretty amazing. And then after that, um, one of my my supervisors. I try not to, you know, mention a lot of people's names because I don't know who is okay with being talked about and who is not. But uh, one of our supervisors who organized for us to have this wonderful CEOs come talk to us, um, asked us if we could write a paper on kind of what resiliency was for us. I, you know, I believe that, once again, this is one of those inserted stories, but I believe that my life is this um, constant, like I'm in a continuous faith story. It's kind of like my life is very descriptive. And so I get into seasons, right? I I can't talk about my life. It's just life. It's like I get into seasons. And I think that that month, which is about two months ago, I got into the resiliency season. Everything that I seemed to get was like questions on, so what is resilience for you and how? And it's almost like I needed that reminder because sometimes, you know, you're just low, especially during this pandemic especially in 2020, you're low and you need to be reminded what those things are that are important for you. And so, um, in this episode, I hope that I can tell someone what resiliency is for me. And I hope that I can encourage someone to care more about their resilience. So one of the analogies that I have used for resiliency has been one of those spring dolls that we used to have Back in the day, whenever I got into, you know, in Cameroon, we used like taxis to go from one place to the other. Whenever I got into a taxi, they seemed to have like a spring doll, some kind of a doll, some kind of a mannequin, something attached to a little spring in the front of the taxi that just would dance as the taxi is moving. But when the taxi stops moving, you know, the spring will stop spinning after a second. And I feel like that's what resiliency is. You're as resilient as that spring is strong that holds you down. So you want to continue to make sure that that spring is tight. You want to make sure that the spring is, um, you know, it's it's not creaking. Because when springs start to not just, you know, swing, but like creak, they might be breaking off. You want to make sure that they are, you know, properly oiled if they need oiled to work. I'm not sure how those things are put in there, honestly. But I just... I keep thinking about that. You know, with 2020, it's like every time you wake up in the morning and you walk out the door, <laughs> you don't know what next pandemic is coming. You know, and I feel like it's been such a year because with everything that has happened, I feel like everyone has kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like God used this year. It's kind of, uh, I don't want to call it an equalizer because I don't think that's how God works. But we've all felt something that's not usual for us and so yes we have united in that so this uh spring concept is that 2020 continues to like when you heard about covid right it's like they held the head of that spring and yanked it the one way and then let it go and so you spun around and you spun around as we've tried to figure out oh so is this going to be like a two thing and it's gone Is it going to be like China, where it's like two months and it's gone? Is it going to be like, you know, Europe, some parts of Europe? Is it going to be like, you know, in the United States? It appears we're still going strong. But it's, it's, we bounced around and we didn't fly off. You know, most of us have not flown off the, the spring just yet. We are somehow balancing and we're more resilient than we think that we are. So we're continuing to balance and stand and balance and stand, right? And Maybe some of us are not thinking about it as we're balancing and standing. But this is kind of my call to all my peeps out there. You need to think about it as you're and stand. Pay attention to those things that pull you back or that, you know, uh, let you stand on your own one spring. You know, so that you know that these are the things that matter to me. These are the things that are holding me. These are... This is how I can bounce back every time that someone holds my head and yanks it this way or that way. If there's one thing 2020 has taught us, I think it's that we're not in control. I don't care who says we are. I don't care who, you know, I don't care what you believe, honestly. I just know that 2020 has taught us we are so not in control. There is things that would happen in this universe that we just have no knowledge of and no control over. Yes, with time, science is going to figure out what's going on and hopefully we'll get a vaccine and then COVID-19 will be a thing of the distant past that we tell our kids in a hundred years, you know, and, and laugh about it. But right now, don't you see, we are lost. We, we continue to hope and then lose hope and hope and then lose hope. And that's that springboarding event, Right. I feel like it's been years of that piling up for me, I feel like it's been years of my spring just being pulled the one way or the other, and at some point I had to define for me, you know, what are my bases, what is the way that I come back, whenever I fall, whenever I have, you know, had a really bad streak, whenever I have not done so well in an exam, whenever I've been in an accident, whenever I've been, you know, too far from home, whenever I've not understood people and I'm trying to understand them, whatever whenever I haven't felt loved or appreciated or respected, whenever I have felt my sense, you know, my essence, threatened, how have I come back from those situations? And I, uh, uh, you know, it's a working process. I'm still working on that. But so far, I have a few things. Faith. Honestly, I, you know, there was a time when I would say family first. But that was when I was growing up in my nuclear family, and I knew that no matter where I was in Cameroon, if something happened and I called my dad, nobody was going to stop him from getting to me. You know, I, I just, no, you didn't. So it's then, it felt like family was first. But then I moved here, and not only did I move to the United States, I it's like God put me through this walk where everyone that I trusted, there was a time when I couldn't trust them or everyone that I was looking up to, I couldn't look up to anymore. Everyone that I was, you know, looking down at, I couldn't look down at. It's like God placed me in this place where I finally just saw the horizon and it was just wide. And, uh, So I realized that family was not number one. If family was number one and family couldn't help me when I was here or the family that was here gave up on me because of some, you know, maybe I made choices that they didn't agree with or they didn't understand or whatever. If family was really the number one thing that held me down and that happened, I would have been destroyed. But because I believe because faith is the number one thing, I see how even COVID-19 that's not under my control, it's just one other thing that I can't control. I really could not control how tall I got when I was growing up. Even though I thought I could and I did all these things to try and control it, I couldn't. I couldn't control how the exact shade of my skin would be. You know, I couldn't control how far I came. Honestly, in my wildest dreams, I was not supposed to be sitting here on this couch recording this particular segment for you guys. And so I have not had control for a really long time. But it took a lot of lack of control for me to understand that. Now I'm not saying that I stopped working and that I stopped fighting for the things that I won't know. I have not stopped struggling and fighting or working for one day. But the whole time, I've had to learn for my own sanity, for my mental health, for my uh, um, spiritual health mostly. I've had to learn... That I'm not in control of certain things. And I can, I, can, I can settle into that. I can hand it on to a greater power. And somehow for me that makes sense. I think this life is just too hard to go through it. Feeling like you're the boss of it. I do not want to be that much of a boss in my life. Don't get me wrong. I'm a boss alright. But yeah not to that capacity. So that's when I realized that that was number one for me. And then number two is family. Because, you know, with having God and having, and if you understand the whole concept of Christianity, family has always been so paramount to the core. You know, if you're a Christian, you are, you know, the family of God. You've been adopted by Christ into God's family. And so it's a whole family concept. And so I realize how this bonds, this huge family that I've had, how that helps, how that keeps my school down. Now, when I have those horrible moments, there's people I call family that I will call and say, hey, I am at a particularly not so great time right now. You know, maybe you're older than me or maybe you've just had more experience in this area than me. How can I navigate this? You know, sometimes not that straightforward what I presented, but constantly, you know, these people are put in my circle because this is what I need, because this is... You know, it's a place that I know that I can always go and be vulnerable. So family has been very essential to me. And then finally, having a purpose. I think the day you start to die is the day you stop having a new purpose, a new ambition, a new dream that you're chasing. Having a purpose. Why do you do the things that you do? And when that changes, you have to change your strategy. You cannot use the same strategy we're using to become a nurse to try to become a lawyer. You cannot use the strategies that make you, you know, uh, uh, I mean, sometimes they're interchangeable, but you kind of get what I mean. So, again, resiliency is very essential. I'm grateful that I get to be in a place where, you know, not only do I have to ponder these things by myself, I have people who appreciate these things enough to even give me prizes for caring about my own resiliency. It's interesting how God does things, I would say. But it's 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 been a wonderful journey. It's been you know, twenty twenty sucks, but I think we're all going to be just so much more knowledgeable and so much stronger for it. At the end of twenty twenty, you know, it will be some it will be a cash phrase for a million and one things and we would have lived through it. You know, I pray that everyone lives through it. And again, I know it's been a second and I've missed you guys almost as much as you guys have missed me. And there's a lot of change that's happening in my life and that I'm expecting or that I'm hoping for. And as it happens, as it comes in, you know, I will share as the time is appropriate. But right now I feel like I'm in more of a waiting season. You know, a lot of good has happened. I got a promotion at work. I moved to an apartment that I actually appreciate. I just... I love the peace around it. Do you hear the silence as I record? It's amazing. It's, you know, so a lot of the zen that I asked for, that I asked God for in my last season, I've gotten. But there's a lot more. There's a lot of the things that are supposed to make that permanence. There's a lot more that's supposed to help me plan better. There's a lot of those things that roll in so slowly that sometimes, you know, I need to go back to my little wire to remind myself of why I want these things and why I should stay holding on and not break off the next time someone spins my head the one way or the other. Thank you so much for listening once more. Uh, this is Fierce Leaving and I hope that we continue to leave fiercely and gently. Thank you and have a beautiful night.